Well, amen and welcome. So glad that you're here today. Um, during the first hour, I lost my voice. And I guess since I haven't preached the past couple of weeks, it just went away. I guess I left it up in Colorado Springs or something. But hopefully I can make it through this hour without, without losing it. But hey, I'm so glad that you are here this morning. This morning we're continuing our Hebrew study, Jesus is Better. Let me ask you a question this morning. I'm going to read some, some names to you, and I want you to tell me um, what's so special about these guys. Bob Hayes, Bob Lilly, Drew Pearson, Emmett Smith, Randy White, Roger Staubach, Tom Landry, Tony Dorsett, Troy Aikman. What's so special about these guys? The dream team, the Cowboys. All right. Well, each of these men... Okay, Dallas Cowboys have been placed in the ring of honor. If you and I were to go down to Jerry's World today and we were to step onto that football field and we were to look at the circumference of that stadium, we would see many of the, or all these players I mentioned as well as others, both players and coaches lined up around that ring. Each of these men's names have been honored because of their playing ability or their coaching ability. Great cowboys, all worthy of recognition. This morning, we are in Hebrews chapter 11. Without a doubt, this is the most famous chapter in all of Hebrews. We often refer to it as the Hall of Faith chapter because the Lord showcases for us both men and women for their faithfulness. These men and women are a part of God's ring of honor. Men and women that have been placed on full display for all of us in this room. Why? Why have they been placed on full display for us? Well, in light of what Bill preached a couple of weeks ago and what we have looked at as we have looked through Hebrews chapter 11 together. If you remember, there was a group of people within the church um, that that the writer of Hebrews wrote to that were contemplating leaving the church. They were contemplating leaving the faith. They were trying to determine if Judaism was better than the old archaic system, uh, our Jesus was better than the old archaic system of Judaism. They were trying to determine if persecution and potentially dying a martyr's death was worth it. Bill read these words to us a couple weeks ago, but just by way of review. Notice with me Hebrews chapter 10 beginning in verse 32 we read, but recall the former days when after you were enlightened you endured a hard struggle with suffering, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith, And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. I love those passages of scriptures, those verses. As believers, the writer makes it clear that we as people of faith should not be people that shrink back 
cower down, run away, or abandon, abandon the faith, right? We are to be individuals that run the race of life that the Lord has marked out for us, and we are to run this race toward the finish line and ultimately to cross the finish line. Because when we cross the finish line of life, Jesus Christ is our reward, isn't he? Now, in chapter 11, what the writer is going to provide for us is an amazing list of faith champions that did not cower down, but faithfully heard God's word and obeyed God's word and responded to God's word. I'm looking forward to walking through each one of these faith champions with you over the coming weeks. But this morning, we're going to look at what faith is. Okay, we're going to look at just the first three verses of Hebrews chapter 11. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to look at verses 1 through 3, and we're going to camp right here this morning. These are the words of the Lord. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. This morning our message point is Jesus rewards our faithfulness. Know that your faithfulness does not go unnoticed nor does it go unrewarded. I know there are times in life we feel as if we are the only ones fighting, don't we? We feel like we're the only believers that are truly running the race of life. We don't feel like there's anyone, um, sometimes, in, in, some of you may feel like there's no one else in your home that is a believer. So you feel like you're the only one fighting in your home. You may feel like on your school campus that you are the only Christian that is there at your place of employment within your neighborhood or community or maybe your extended family. But I want you to know this morning you are not alone. You are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses that are rooting you on, encouraging you, and telling you to stay in the fight and run the race until the finish line. In fact, the first verse of Hebrews chapter 12 makes this clear as well. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and this cloud of witnesses, the author is referring back to Hebrews 11, where we're going to be camped out the next several weeks. But let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Not only do we have the great faith champions rooting us on, we have other believers in this room rooting us on, and we have the Lord Jesus Christ that's rooting us on in his spirit that is guiding us and leading us. Notice our first point this morning, it is this, faith described. So what is the definition um, of, of faith that we're given here? In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, we read, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Here's the thing about faith. Faith is not always seeing, but it is always believing. God speaks and leads us towards something that oftentimes is unseen, right? Abraham could not see the promised land, but he knew the promised land was his reward. Noah couldn't see the floodwaters, but he knew that if he didn't build an ark, then he was going to drown, right? Brian Bell shared this great illustration about faith. Um, he shared, for centuries, the islands of New Zealand were unpopulated. No human had ever set foot on them. Then the first settlers arrived around 1250. They were Polynesians from other Pacific islands who had sailed a 1,000 miles in outrigger 
canoes to get there. The Polynesians came with the purpose of settling in New Zealand. How did they know that there was land there? How did they know that they would not simply sail across the open waters and, and, until they ran out of food and died? The Polynesians had known for generations that the land was there because their voyagers had seen a long white cloud on the distant horizon. They knew that when a cloud stayed in one place over a very long period of time, that meant that there was land beneath it. Faith is like that. It is a voyaging to an unseen land, journeying to an unknown future. But it is not mere guesswork or chance or superstition. There are facts behind faith, Faith, facts that suggest conclusions. We are told in verse 1 that faith is the assurance of things hoped for. I love that. This word assurance in Greek is hypostases. And this word means foundation or foundational. It means to have a firm confidence or a steady assurance. You and I know the importance of a strong foundation, right? If we have a strong foundation, that which we built upon that strong foundation is going to be strong. It's going to be solid. It's going to last for generations to come. Our faith is not to be built on shifting sand, but on a firm foundation. And we know as believers that firm foundation is the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, um, I'll never forget um, several years ago, Danny and I went to um, some friends of ours. son was getting married and we went to the wedding and um, we went to the wedding and the wedding was, was, was beautiful. And then we went to the reception, which was right after that. And we walked into the reception hall and we looked around and there was tables all around the room, and we lighted on one. We saw it. We walked over to it, and and I did what I've done a billion times throughout my life. I pulled out the chair. Okay, and these are some cheap wedding chairs. Y'all are sitting in those wedding chairs that are just real cheap, man, flimsy and just kind of scary to sit in. Well, I, I pulled that chair out, and I set my rear down on that chair, and that chair just broke. And let me tell you something. When a chair breaks in a crowded room, all eyes are directed at you. It was incredibly embarrassing. Here's what I will assure you of. The rest of that night, anytime I sat down, I sat down very gingerly. Because I did not trust those chairs. Faith is not like that. Faith is not guesswork. It is not built around what if. It is having a firm confidence and knowing that what God said about himself is true. It's, 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 faith is knowing that what the word of God says about God the Father is absolutely true as well. Notice next, faith is the conviction of things not seen. F.F. F. Bruce wrote in his commentary, Um, about the the Old Testament faith champions, their faith consisted simply in taking God at his word and directing their lives accordingly. Faith is just that, taking God at his word and living our lives in accordance with that. The Lord told Abraham to go to a land that his eyes had never seen. The Lord told Abraham that he would be the father of a nation whenever his wife was barren and he saw no way for, for him to have children. How did Abraham respond? He responded in faith and obediently went 
as the Lord directed him to go. Faith is the beginning point of our salvation story, isn't it? In Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 we read, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of work so that no man may boast. You and I were saved by grace. Notice though, this came about through faith. You experienced God's grace when you stepped out in faith by believing that, that the God of the Bible and what God said about himself is absolutely true. And you believe that what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross was absolutely true. You had faith and you believed it. And as a result, you experienced the gift of salvation. You received the gift of the Holy Spirit. At the first step, in our salvation journey is a step of faith, then why do you and I struggle so often to live faithful lives? Shouldn't our motto be, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it? It should be, but if you're like me, oftentimes, coming to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior was one of the easiest decisions that you've ever made in your life. But living your life faithfully surrendered to Jesus sometimes can be challenging. Notice our next point, faith rewarded. In verse 2 we read, for by, for by it the people of old received their commendation. The reward of faith is eternal life, isn't it? I love what the writer does here. I love how the, how the Holy Spirit led him to write about the faith champions of old. We see here that faith is enduring. Faith is timeless. And to prove this, the writer of Hebrews goes back to the very beginning of human history. And the very first faith champion that he reveals to us is Abel, the second born son of Adam and Eve. In Hebrews eleven four, we read, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commended him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. And then what does the writer do? The writer is going to encourage these readers and us in this room by beginning to list out for us other men and women of faith that also ran the race and finished the race well and strong. He's going to emphasize Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses' parents, Moses' himself, the children of Israel, Joshua, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Sam, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the prophets. You know, I love that. The, these men and women the writer wrote to, man, they were in desperate need of these verses. They were in desperate need of encouragement, in desperate need of hearing stories about how, how other people had persevered uh, under situations kind of like them that they were going through. You know, the, the writer tells us, Noah, um, you know, we know that Noah couldn't see the floodwaters, but he still built the boat. Abraham couldn't see the land of promise, yet he still went believing. Even though Sarah had no idea how she was going to be a mother at, mother at the age of 90 when she was barren, she believed that God was the God of the impossible. Even though Moses couldn't see a way across the Red Sea, what did he do? He still brought the Israelites before the, the banks of the Red Sea, and then the Lord parted the Red Sea. Even though Joshua had no idea how the Israelites simply shouting and blowing a bunch of trumpets directed at the walls around Jericho would cause those walls to fall, they still obediently shouted and the walls 
fell. Even though David was a run of a boy who stood face to face with a giant, he believed God could use him with nothing but the slingshot and some smooth rocks that he picked up from the local creek bed to defeat the giant. What do you need to hear this morning? What do you need to, to get through this day? What do you need to hear this morning to get you through this life? Faith is knowing that God can and will do in you what his word promises that he will do. He will forgive you of your sins if you're not a Christian. He, Christian, he will give you the gift of eternal life if you've never repented of your sins and asked the Lord to be the Lord and Savior of your life. You are not alone, my friends. The Holy Spirit is with you as a believer. Other believers are with you. We have faith champions in, in Scripture that are with us. The Holy Spirit is with us. The church is with us. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. When you and I do life together as believers, we make each other better, not worse. Notice next we see faith approved. One writer shared, the verb used here is called a theological passive, meaning the one who did the approving was not the crowd around these great men and women, but was God himself. We read in verse 2, for by it the people of old received their commendation. They received their reward. God approved of each one of these faith champions. That's why they're in the word of God. If you are a believer in this room, God is approved of, is approving of you as well. Here's what I love about each of our faith champions. None of them were perfect. All of them had past. At least most of them did. You know, Abel, we don't know a whole lot about his life. Um, we don't know a whole lot about Enoch's life. But a lot of these other faith champions, we know much about their lives, don't we? We know the good and the bad and the ugly. But yet, God still included them in the Hall of Faith chapter for our benefit, right? God did not give up on any of them. Why? Because each of them would be people of promise and people of purpose that God had set apart to be a part of his plan to bring about redemption across the face of this earth. You too, you too are a person of promise. You have a purpose. And God has a plan for each and every one of our lives in this room. How do I know, know this? Because the Bible tells me so, right? Bible tells you when you read it that God has a purpose and a plan for your life as well. Notice our next point this morning is this. Faith knows. In verse 3 we read, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith we know that God spoke all things into existence. By faith we know that this world did not come about simply by matter. When, this, when the writer wrote this great book, he lived in a time in human history not much different than our day. The scientists of his day believed that the world and the universe was created out of existing matter, not out of nothing. But what does God's word tell us? In John chapter 1 we read, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In Genesis chapter 1, 1, the very first 
verse in all of the Bible, we read, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the psalmist said in Psalmist 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Folks, all around us is evidence of God's glorious work, right? My family and I, we had the opportunity um, a couple weeks ago to, call, to go to Colorado Springs. And while we were there, we did a little hike and we went up to Pikes Peak, and, and man, it's just absolutely beautiful. You look around, and, and, and there is no um, explanation other than but God. You know, um, a person that does not have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you realize can still come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ because God makes himself known through creation. I've shared this illustration with you before, but I'll never forget sitting at a table in Lijiang, China. And praying with a group of missionaries in Chinese nationals. One young lady by the name of Melody, who happened to be the reason that we were in China to begin with, was sitting around the table with us. And, and she came from a small village nestled in the foothills of the Andes, of the Himalayan mountains, I'm sorry. Her only exposure to religion at this time was animism. The, this religion believes that animals and plants and rivers and, and mountains and other entities in nature contain inner spiritual essence. But as she was praying, she prayed these words or something similar. One day, Father God, I was looking out at your creation, and I knew that you had to exist. I knew that the mountains were created by you. I knew that the stars were created by you. I knew that the sun was created by you. She went on and on just praying this a, a, a glorious prayer. It was um, one of the most beautiful prayers that I'd ever heard. In her prayer, she was affirming God's word. She was affirming that the heavens constantly declared the glory of God. She went on to pray about how she went to the city to find work, and there she met some missionaries from the state. She was accepted into their family, and this family shared the plan of salvation with her, and she became a Christian. Her first introduction to God was not by someone telling her about God. Her first introduction to God was whenever she walked out onto her front porch and was able to look at the foothills of the Himalayans and see the glory of God all around her. In Romans 1, 18 through 20, we read, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so that they are without excuse. Every person is going to be without excuse because they can see the glory of God all around them. Faith is not based on hope. Faith is not based on a coin flip. Faith is knowing. Faith is taking God at his word and believing and knowing that what he said was absolutely true. Melody understood the world did not come into existence as a result of matter. But the word of God, the world come into existence because the God of the universe spoke it all into existence. In this verse, we see that faith is believing the word of God. I want you to know this morning that the God who spoke all of creation into existence is the very God that has given us his word. He gave you and I the breath of life, and he gave us this living and active word. We read in 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, 
for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. In Hebrews chapter 4, we looked at this several weeks ago, but we read, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the divisions of soul and spirit, and joints and a marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This is not some dead, archaic book, is it? This word, God's word is living, it's active, it's profitable, it's revealing. It has been given to us to make us more like Christ and it has been given to us to make us less like the world. How much time did you spend in God's word this week? How much time did you spend this week studying the word and applying the word to your life? Now, if you didn't spend any time, then, then shame on you. Because why? Because God calls us to spend time in his word. How are we going to get to know our God more intimately unless we're spending time with him and walking with him? I mean, think about your spouse. Are you going to get to know your spouse if one lives on one side of the house or one side of the continent, the other lives on the other side of the continent, and you're not communicating back with each other? Absolutely not. You get to know each other by spending time with them. The same is true with God. We get to know God the Father as we spend time with God the Father. Faith is believing the Word of God. Faith is believing the evidence of God also. Again, faith is knowing that God is real, that Jesus is real, and what Jesus did for us is real, and that the Holy Spirit who lives in us is real. John Piper shared, here's what faith does. It sees the fingerprints of God at work in the details of life so that the believer gains new strength to persevere as a Christian, or persevere as a Christian. Faith lays hold of God It is not the power of positive thinking, but a genuine perception of the Lord. Seeing him at work, tasting of his goodness, gazing upon his glory, and being satisfied in his beauty. When was the last time that you just sat at the feet of Jesus and just soaked him up? In closing this morning, let's look at faith in action. What is faith? Again, faith is taking the word of God. Taking God at his word and believing and doing what it says. We may not always understand. We may not always see the outcome. But we know that God is faithful and he will bring all things to completion just as he promised. Do you believe that God is real, my friends? Do you believe that God spoke everything into existence and that the world did not just come about by chance? Do you believe the Bible is true? A person of faith takes God at his word and believes it and applies it to their lives. Faith relies upon the word of God. You want to have a stronger faith? Spend time with the God of the Bible, with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Faith acts upon God's word. As James tells us, we are not to be merely hearers of the word, but to be doers as well. Folks, we're in a battle for our faith, aren't we? The world around us is constantly telling us that God is dead. The world around us is constantly telling us that if there is a God, then it is not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible, my friends, is real. His Son is real. The Holy Spirit is real. In fact, Jesus said of himself in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes into the Father except through me. There is only but one way to heaven, and that is through a relationship 
with Jesus Christ? Do you have a relationship with Jesus this morning? If you were to die today, do you know where you would spend eternity? Here's a great faith acrostic. Fully, faith is this, fully acknowledging I trust him. I trust his word. I trust his counsel. I trust his plan. And I trust his purpose for my life. Do you trust God this morning? Have you placed your faith and trust in him? If you haven't, we're going to have a time of invitation in just a moment. I'm going to be standing here at the front. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, I want to invite you this morning to come. And I would love to share with you more about how you can enter into an eternal relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if you and I confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. So what does it take to be a Christian? It takes us repenting of our sins, and it takes us acknowledging with our lips that God is real and that his son is real and that the work that he did upon the cross for us is real and that the resurrection is real. If you don't know Jesus this morning, I want to invite you this morning to come and surrender your life to Christ. You may be here this morning and the Lord is leading you and your family to make Friendship Baptist Church your church home. We would love for you to do that. Just, I'll be standing here. You come and just say, hey, we're ready to join the church. You may be here this morning and, man, you feel pretty, um, you came in here this morning feeling pretty dejected. You felt, man, you have felt beat up, maybe by those in your household, maybe by those that you work with, and you've come in here this morning, man, and you've just needed someone just to pray with you and to encourage you. I'll be here at the front. I would love to be able to do that. You may this morning need to come to this altar and just bow and bend a knee and say, Lord, I haven't been living the life of faith that I need to. I'm ready to recommit my life to living faithfully to you. Let's stand together. I'm going to lead us in a closing prayer. And if there's a decision you need to make, you come. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you this morning, Lord Jesus, just thanking you again for this day. Thanking you, Father, again for your word and the promise of your word. Father, thanking you, Lord, for the great cloud of witnesses that, that have gone before us. Father, both those that are, 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 are throughout the pages of the Old Testament those that are throughout the pages of the New Testament. And Father, many of us in this room know of great faith champions, Lord, that, that have, have, have come and gone, Lord, that, that follow the New Testament over the last 2,000 years that lived faithfully to you. Father, thank you for these men and women that ran the race. Thank you for them fighting every single day for the sake of the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. May all of us in this room fight like that and live like that. Father, if there's someone here that doesn't have a relationship with you, I pray that today will be the day of their salvation. Lord, move now during this time of invitation. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.